0: ...having a good time, so it was, it was fantastic. We're going to be in Parshas Yitro. Uh, it's Exodus, Shimos, uh, the 18th chapter. And this is a very, very important subject um, in the matter of the people of the nations that come to embrace to our knowledge. It's a very, very important story. And often uh, one that is uh, simply either passed over pretty quick and by a comment that says ah uh, you converted that's it um or the focus might be which which is a legitimate focus uh the priesthoodness of the Jewish people that they are a holy nation a holy priesthood and that they have an obligation so we're going to co- sort of open this up we're going to examine Yitro. Jethro would be where you'd say it uh here uh but Yitro is um who this man really uh was what did he do what did he accomplish and most of all what uh produced the environment for him to lay down all of his previous religious views to take on the commandments of of god and the um the, the, the life of a person who loves one God. I, I'm going to title this, and you'll understand it, I think, in a moment uh, Yitro, uh, a tzaddik or an opportunist? A tzaddik or an opportunist. Now, why do I say that? What is an opportunist? If you were to say someone was an opportunist, what would that be? What would that look like? Someone who looks at a situation, a circumstance, and says, you know, if I had another choice, I probably wouldn't do it, but it, this will benefit me. Right, it'll make me look good, or you know, I'm going to be on the winning side. My son and I were talking about the, the uh, playoffs for the NFL. All the people that watch the playoffs, the millions of people that watch playoffs, never watched a single game in the year. And all of a sudden, they're loyal to one particular team or another, and they're not even from this town. And by default, some people picked Atlanta because we're from the South and we like the Southern team. Or if you're from New Jersey or New York, you pick uh, the Patriots because it's the East Coast team. Well, that's opportunists. That's the opportunist that goes to the party, all, the, all of the, the fun and festivities, and you pick your team because everybody in the room is gonna pick the winning team. You're an opportunist. I'm being slightly uh, facetious, because I don't believe that you throw was an opportunist, okay, so I just wanna state that up front. Why would I even bring that up as a subject matter? Well, we know the first part of Yithro, Jeremiah, I'm sorry, Exodus 18, it says, Yithro, a minister of Midian, or a priest in Midian, the father-in-law of Moshe heard everything that God had did to Moshe and to Israel, his people, that Hashem had taken Israel out of Egypt, and Yithro, father-in-law of Moshe, took Zipporah and his wife, uh, of, and the wife of Moshe after she had been sent away and her two sons of whom the name one was Garsham, and it is said I was a sojourner in a strange land and the name of the other was Eliezer for the God of my father came to my aid and saved me from the sword of Pharaoh. It says Yitro the father-in-law of Moses came to Moses with his sons and his wife to the wilderness where they uh, he was camped. By the mountain of God, and he said to Moshe, "I, your father-in-law Yitro, have come to you with your wife and her two sons with her." Now, why did I say or give the title? Is he an opportunist? It's possible that he could have heard the power of God in the in the plagues, uh, the opening of the Red Sea, and think, "Wow, I want to be on the winning side." And had no, and, it, and it may have nothing to do with his love for truth, and elevation to connect to the creator of the universe, it could have been merely, I don't want to be on the losing side, right? That's one one thought process. As a matter of fact, it's entertained in Torah anthology that after hearing this, uh, what God did to destroy the Egyptian armies, I mean, absolutely decimated their armies, that uh there were some in the region that was saying that God destroyed the Egyptian armies because Pyro himself stood up against God and said to Moshe and, Moshe and said, who is this God? I don't know who, who is. I mean, how, why should I honor someone I don't even know? It's almost talked down about the creator of the universe and therefore God punished punished Pharaoh. Uh, but notice what the text says. It says he heard everything that God did to Moshe and to Israel, his people. He didn't say he heard what God did to Egypt. It says he heard what God did to Moshe and his people. Well, what did God do? God ultimately rescued the people out of Egypt. Yitro Yeth- understood the power of Pyro. Why did he understand the power of Pyro? Because he was actually uh, uh, an advisor, a political advisor, along with Job, Yovah who were political advisors to to uh, to uh, Paro, And that when Paro had decided that he was going to start killing the young children, almost uh, a holocaust of the time, uh, Yitro fled. He, he, he opposed the idea, fled out of the country, and went to Midian. It is there, he was actually originally from Midian, so he was a priest. Um, uh, and so, there was something going on that was um, that was leading him up to this very pivotal time in which he would be at the the foot of the mountain of God and make this very uh, interesting decision. The the job of Paro was, a, I mean, a, of, of Yitzro was the uh, sort of the high priest of pagan culture. He knew everything about their culture, their religion, their philosophy. He was a teacher, people looked up to him. I would say almost on the same level, except on the opposite end of the perspective, as the Malik Zadik, the, uh, uh, that was there when Avraham went to meet him, and who was Shem. So Shem being like a righteous king, a, righteous, a king of righteousness that existed, who taught Avraham the Torah of, of Noah, uh, that same sort of principled place of respect in your community, everybody knows you. You're highly respected. You're very knowledgeable. So Yitro was on the opposite end of the perspective. knew everything about pagan religions, uh, but the the Torah now tells us of Yitro's reaction when he heard of all of that. What God had done for Moshe and Israel, and he said he had heard the report of the sea being split, and that Amalek had attacked the Israelites and been defeated. Now, Amalek's going to play a very important story for us to figure out, okay, what is Yitro? Was he a tzaddik or was he an opportunist? We're going to learn something very interesting. It says, but all the miracles, the greatest of the exit itself, this was the greatest possible miracle because there was no natural way for the Israelites to escape Egypt. None. It was going to be cut off. The way they went, no way. One might wonder why the sages included the defeat of Amalek among the miracles that in, impelled uh, Yitro to become a, a, a proselyte or convert or gear. Actually, it was not such a great miracle. Why was it not such a great miracle? Because it was uh, an easy military defeat against Amalek. But we saw the very birth of Amalek was a strong bearing on the Israelites' attitude toward accepting proselyt- proselytes. Let me, let's slow down for a second. We're going to learn of Lotan's sister, Timna. Timna, T-I-M-N-A, wanted to, she was a nobleman. Genesis 36, uh, 22, if you want to go do some homework. Very interesting thing. She was a a noble woman that wanted to join in with the Jewish people. She made an appeal to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and they did not accept her. It says, according to, to Midrashic sources that Tima became the concubine of Esau. Esau's son, Eliphaz, bore him Amalek. So out of this rejection of a person in the nations, bitterness came. Bitterness was born and bitterness toward the Jewish people, the Israelite people, came about by Amalek. This is why we hear this concept that the very idea of Amalek should be destroyed, done away with, Trample the name out, almost like we have in the story of Esther. Right now, Yitro was mulling over in his mind whether or not to become a you know a, you know convert or or Ger Or he was just kind of mulling, trying to figure out what to do. He wanted to join the Israelites, but he was afraid that they would not accept him. Why? Because they didn't accept. Uh, Timnah. He wanted to join the Israelites. He was afraid they wouldn't accept him, just did they not accept Timnah. But when Yitro heard about Amalek's, Amalek's attack, another thought came to him. God had done such great miracles for the Israelites. He had split the Red Sea for them, had wrought terrible vengeance upon the Egyptians. How could Amalek have the audacity to attack the Israelites? How could he? Now you have two different groups of people in the nations. You have the Amaleks of the world that see the miracles of God, see the very hand of Hashem and attribute it to something totally different. And it does nothing more than to cement their hatred toward the Jewish people. This is history. We know this. Then you have the other side. You have the Yitros of the world who hear the hand of Hashem and hear the hand of God and go, who? why would I not want to be a part of the people? This is why so many people of the nations today are coming out of the woodwork worldwide that says I I cannot I cannot pretend to be in this religious uh, viewpoint that I have been because I see the truth that is that is housed with the the miraculous hand of God in the Israelite people's life I see it uh, we see it even in modern times how God is with Israel and it's just amazing on so many different levels I mean at at some level we we protest the idea of of, uh, of uh, Iran bombing Israel, but there's a part of us that go, actually, God's got this in control. We're not really. I mean, honestly, our imuna does not allow us to be. Oh, the sky's falling. I think Israel should be prepared to make a glass parking lot out of any place that would try to destroy them. But at the same time, we all know that the Creator of the universe has put them there, and if only He has the has the power to remove them out of the land. Only he has that power. So there isn't enough BDS movements. There's not enough Palestinian, uh, Sudustinian protests that can do it. There's not enough religious people in the world or UNs to, to kick Israel out of the land. It's never going to happen. But people of faith know that. We don't get rubbled up and uh, upset about those whole things. What is the difference? The question I asked today, I asked Shimon today as well. Was Yitro a tzaddik after Mount Sinai, or was he a tzaddik before Sinai? It's a big question. Because in reality, one doesn't become a tzaddik if, you'd already, if you don't have the spark of a tzaddik already. Why? Because you're not going to search. A person who truly, with all their heart, seeks after God, and seeks to be a person of righteousness and holiness and beauty, that is in reality a tzaddik already. So what made him a tzaddik, obviously the knowledge of God and bringing back all of this knowledge to his people, was a very important part of him being a tzaddik. But in reality, this man was a tzaddik, or at least had the spark of a tzaddik a long time before that. When we talk about being a righteous person a tzaddik, Nachman of Brislov says that every human being has the opportunity to become a righteous person. Every person. But my contention is that you don't become a righteous person because of one event. You become a righteous person because that's who you really are. You're a tzaddik because that's what you desire. You desire to be a person of high moral character. As Rav Avraham said yesterday, that... Um, uh, it's a person who has fear of heaven, has true, genuine, ethical decision-making. That's what your whole mindset, you're always thinking about, is this the right thing? Is this the wrong thing? And you know, there are a lot of people who are tzaddiks in the nations that don't know anything about Torah yet. Does it make sense? Because they operate at that highest moral level. They don't rob, they don't steal, they don't cheat. And if they ever had the opportunity to hear what you and I have, they would jump on this. They, it would, it's just a logical choice. It makes sense to them. Why is, uh, why is it that Nativ has had such uh, an incredible influence in the world? World, not just Humble, Texas, but in the world, as we're giving the information for the Zadiks of the world, the Yuthros of the world to latch onto, And when they hear it, they don't have to be convinced. You understand? When they listen to the lectures and listen to the lessons, we're not trying to convince anybody, we're just saying here's the mountain, here's the Torah, here's the people, what do you think? And they automatically say I want to be a part of it. Now there are people that probably are opportunistic, Noahides or Gear. you understand what I mean? When I say this you'll understand. They're only that because what they were they hate. They hate their past religious life. They don't want to do that. You know, they're, they're bitter toward religion, period. So I'm just going to be this because it works, and this is a pretty popular thing. But it's not the decision wasn't made out of a true seeking to be close to Hashem. And it's unfortunate there are people out there that are like that. I think it's very few. There's not a lot because I would say by, by large, the people that are a part of, of this world community of righteous non-Jews, it's an incredible world. Today we were walking, I went to uh, Randall's to pick something up and uh, Sh- Shimon and I were walking through the Randall's and a lady just walks past us. She goes, Shalom. And I said, Mashalum and, and she says, Oh, she says, Hey, how you doing? She goes, Where are you guys from? Where Are you up here buying kosher food? I said, like, Well, yeah, it's hard to find up here. And we started ch- She's from White Plains, New York. Right? She's Jewish and she just moved down here and she's trying to get things settled in her life, was so happy to see somebody. We invited her here in the community, and then we started sharing with her, well, you know, this is an Orthodox uh, outreach, but in reality, it's an outreach to non-Jewish people. She goes, anybody really interested in that? (laughs) Right? And I'm like, no, you would not believe how people are interested in it. So uh, it was great to be able to share it. I I really do believe that what Rav Abraham said yesterday is really important for us to hear again today, and that is we need to be uh, righteously proud of knowing God and His Torah and not be afraid to share it with people, and not in a sense that we're trying to convert them to our ideas. Because in reality, the conversion that Yitro went through, he didn't go to a base then, right? Uh You know, I don't think he got a Jew card, right? I honestly don't know that he was actually, quote, unquote, a convert. Because if he did, if he is, he would be a worse kind of a convert for the modern age, because he left the Jewish community, right? He stayed with them for, you know, a few weeks and then took off. So in reality, yes, he was a Ger, he was a Ger, Tzaddik, or Ger Toshav. He took on the commandments of God, but left and went to his own people. In many aspects, this is what we're doing here. All of us in this room could choose right now to move into Jewish community and become part of Jewish life. But you also realize that that's not God's intention for every human being to convert to Judaism. Just not his intention. And at the same time, it's for sure not his intention to keep people back like Timnah, the woman that wanted to join the, the, the Hebrew people and they were uh, she was refused israel has a huge burden to carry and that is how do we become the priest of the nations without being hated by the nations well the problem is is they're going to be hated by the nations regardless of what they do but there are righteous among the nations who are ready to hear uh moshe uh, Moshe perez i think perez uh from uh worldwide Noahide center uh has And i don't know if you have noticed but They'll hold placards up that says, I am Noahide, and you'll see it from Kenya, from Brazil, all over the world. And people just post the pictures, taking a group shot and sending it in. And you see all races, everybody, people identifying themselves as righteous among the nation who have taken upon themselves the, the yoke of Torah and, and then given themselves the, um, are making themselves the responsibility to share this with the nations. I I don't believe that uh, the Jewish people have been given a commission to become evangelical Jews. That's not their job. Their job is to be the priest. They are the teachers. They are the ones that bring the Torah. It is the righteous of the nations, though, that is going to usher in the age of Mashiach. What do we mean by that? It's the righteous of the nations that are going to be talking about this and sharing it with people. We're like the Yithros that go back to our family. And later on in history, we find that uh, a whole tribe of people that came from Midian, came and joined the Israelite people, settled in the land. They settled in uh, uh, in the area where Judah was. And they were given property, and they became great scribes in Jewish history. They never were converts. They were the Ger Toshavs in the land. Incredible story. What's more incredible is we're living in a day today in which we could very well see before we take our last breath, God willing, that Moshiach will come and the land will be opened up for all of us to go and join. And I say this, uh, I say this carefully with our people. Why? Because just as Moshe was a Gair in a strange land and he called his son Ger Sham meaning stranger there in many aspects when we come to the knowledge of torah and the one god of abraham isaac and jacob in some aspects we become a stranger in our own land right you you don't identify with people who don't identify with torah you it's hard to have a conversation with somebody in the secular world you know and measure yourself because their mindset is completely different than yours and so in some aspects, you become a gear, not a stranger to Judaism, but a stranger in your own land. You become a stranger because your heart is with the Jewish people. Your mind is with uh, the Israelite people. And I think that that is the very thing that Yithro stands for. He becomes the archetype for all of us in the nations that, are, that see the hand of God, that see the Torah and says, there is only one truth. There is only one God and I want to be a part of that. And the reason why I say, and I want to back up, that he was not an opportunist, I would like to read this from uh, from uh, the, the Torah anthology. It says, um, it says that, he said, then Yitro heard that Emilek had been punished so greatly that God was obliterating the name of the entire nation, both in this world and the world to come. Moshe had publicized this fact for all in the world to know, and Yithro then became aware of the greatness of Israel. Not only did God deliver the Israelites, but He severely punished anyone who dared attack them. Upon realizing that Yitro decided to join the Israelites completely, he made up his mind to become a righteous person, a ger tzaddik, keeping all the commandments of the Torah. This also explains why Torah specifies that Yithro heard about these events. He didn't do this in a vacuum. This is somewhat surprising. All the nations had heard about the miracle of the Red Sea. All of them heard about how Israel was brought miraculously uh, and saved by the hand of Hashem. Nations heard and shuddered. Terror gripped the people of the the surrounding nations. The chiefs of Edom then panicked and heroes of the Moab were seized with trembling and inhabitants of uh, Canaan melted away. Even though all these other heads about uh, others had about the miracles, heard about the miracles, they also had a lasting effect on Yithro. There is another important difference between Yithro and the rest of the Gentiles. When the other nations heard about the miracles they said that God had not punished the Egyptians for the sake Rather, he punished Pharaoh for having uh, dared to say, who is this God? As proof, they cited the fact that even the Israelites had left, uh, the Egyptians had still had the audacity to pursue them. If they had been punished because of Israel, they would not have dared to lift a finger. Instead, they went after them. Yitro, on the other hand, realized that God had done everything out of love for Israel. He didn't destroy Pharaoh because he hated Pharaoh. Or he needed to be punished. He loved Israel so much that he knew that if he did not destroy the armies, Israel could not survive. It was a, he was a had to situation. It says, Yithro understood that it was clearly indicated because God took Israel out of Egypt. If God had was angry with the Egyptians for insulting him, punishing them would have been enough. Is, the Israelites could have remained in the same condition that they had endured for so many years. But Yitro saw that God had taken is, Israelites out of Egypt. He had planned things so that as a result of the death of the firstborn, Paru himself would fall at Moses' feet and plead to take the people out of the land. Then Yitro understood that God had done everything for the sake of Israel. Uh, let me get to this uh, last text that I want to uh, show. Um, um, it says, "As soon as Yitro heard the news about what God had done for the Israel, he heard he hurried to him, leaving behind all uh, his honor and his wealth." He was too impatient even to wait for an eyewitness who had actually seen the miracles. He wanted to see it himself. When a person is seeking the truth, this is important here, he is filled with enthusiasm or she is filled with enthusiasm and is not concerned with playing status games. All the good of this world are totally immaterial to that person and he or she ignores them completely. Does that not speak exactly the way we are as a people of the nations. When you finally see God in the mix, when you finally see the truth of Torah and how much God loves Israel, and you realize, especially those who were raised Christians, that God did not replace Israel with the church. When you realize, oh my goodness, it's always been about Israel. God's never divorced Israel. God never got rid of Israel. So if that is the case, what am I doing on this side? I should be over there with them and we are willing to leave behind every view that that has locked us into that philosophical or religious view to take up on our yoke of heaven and you're willing to do it whether no other person does it no other family member followed you it didn't matter you were willing to do what you had to do i will bring this question back up again as a closing commentary or comment Yitro was a tzaddik before he became a tzaddik. What do I mean by that? Is it within every human being that seeks God, and no matter where they're at, and I am truly mean no matter where they're at, it could be a homeless person living under a bridge under, uh, under Highway 69, it uh, could be a, an abused child living in a foster home, Every person that seeks, no matter who they are, has a spark of a tzaddik. Why? Because they truly want to know the truth. They really do want to know who God is. And many of us in this room ha- can either personally testify or know of someone who started their journey of seeking when they were seven and eight years old. They just had something in their mind that was, a, you know, we weren't saints, we didn't do everything right. But deep down inside of every one of us, we had a compass that was pointing us the whole time, no matter where you went. And some people went from, you know, the cults to Mormons to Catholics to whatever. You went down through all this path and slowly but surely it guided you. Now, all of us in this room have once made this statement. I only wish that I had. Right. I've known this a long time ago. The, the role of a tzaddik is to understand how to learn from his mistakes or her mistakes. That's how you become an expert. You do things and you do things wrong and then you get the experience and then you do things right. Right? It's not like doing everything right. We learn from our bad decisions. We learn from them. And how do, what, what happens is that deep down inside of every one of you, and those people who will be watching this class, I want you to know if you are a seeker of truth and you're willing to grasp truth no matter how difficult it is and how hard it is to understand or to, to, uh, to explain to others, and if you're willing to say, I want the truth no matter what, inside of you is a spark of a tzaddik. You're like a yitro. All you need to do is be connected to the knowledge of God. Connect yourself to Torah. Study Torah. Begin to have Moshe Rabbeinu to be part of your family. Be part of who you are. It says that when Moshe, uh, that when Yitro showed up, he brought his wife and he hollered into the tent, I'm here, I have your wife with me. All right? I have your, your wife, my daughter with you. And I have your sons. He's showing this, this parental connection. Now, we're family, right? We're, we're part of this big family. Kind of testing the waters, maybe, to see what would happen. But later, as we read in the text, it says that Yitro sat down with the elders, with the leaders, and was having conversations and discussions. He brought offerings. They brought offerings. Wait, so this guy could not be like a Ditz right? He can't be a... He's not an ignorant man. He obviously had some kohmah, some wisdom to share to be able to sit down with all the judges of Israel and have discussions over bread and wine and food. And then when it was time for Moshe to go up to the mountain, he wanted to give offerings? Wow, that's incredible. What did this guy understand about the big picture before he got there? I don't think we should undersell the fact that Yitro had a righteous mind. He knew He understood things at higher levels that that we just think he was a Bedouin uh, pagan master. It's not the case. This guy got it. He got it a long time before he showed up to the mountain. And when he got to the mountain, everything was cemented in. This is exactly the experience of everyone that has come to become the righteous of the nations. When you saw Torah for the first time, I'll give you my example. When I heard Rabbi Gordon from Chabad, I don't know if you guys remember Rabbi Gordon, taught the Parsha every day of the week, and they do each one of the aliyahs, and I started listening to him, and uh, I couldn't even understand. Yes, in Los Angeles. Yeah, incredible. Uh, He's a blessed memory. He died a year ago. Yeah. Beautiful individual. Good sense of humor. I got his it's funny cuz I got his sense of humor but a lot of people in the class I think didn't really get it sometimes and I'd be cracking up because he had made a little play on words and you know it was it was hilarious but I listened to it and, and a lot of the stuff I didn't understand because you know he was using hebrew colloquialisms and you know whatever but something deep down inside I was going this he, he's right I mean this is this is real this is the real thing and it wasn't it wasn't uh, hype. It wasn't some guy screaming at a microphone. It wasn't somebody trying to scare the hell out of me. It was somebody just reading the Torah and talking about it. And as soon as I heard it, it was like, that's that's whatever that is. That's real. And that's what Yitro did. He, you are very much like Yitro. Uh, uh, Rabbi, I think it was Rabbi Wobi, said something a long time ago when we first met. And he says. Uh, you're like, you're like, you're like uh, Abraham to the non-Jewish world. I said, no, I'm like Yithro. Because that's, you understand, that's who I identify with is Yithro. Because who, is, who was he? He was a person that was willing to separate himself from all of his popularity and fame and wealth to enjoin himself with the Jewish people and yet decided to go back and to teach and to share and to grow. We have a responsibility. If we identify with Yitro, then we have a responsibility to also go to our own people or the people in your community and share this great knowledge of God. I am convinced that if somehow we could uh, allow this message to be digested properly, there isn't a single person that can't accept this idea that be righteous, live a good life, and you have a place in the world to come. It's pretty simple. It's not conf- it doesn't have to be confused with religion. We don't have to make it a hyper-religious thing. If you want some religious stuff added to it, then Judaism is a good framework to see about the religion. But what is wrong with telling a person that you see on a plane or on a train or in Walmart, live a holy, righteous life. Seek God. We had an individual that came in here a couple of weeks ago, and... Uh, he said, you know, I, I'm, I've been a tester of truth. I've been a seeker of truth. And he grew, grew up in a religious community here in, in town. And he said, um, "He said I came a couple of times. I came and I, I, and I didn't know what I was gonna hear. He said, but when I heard you say that there is nothing more important than truth. And truth, ha- truth has to have facts. And truth has to be backed up with with knowledge. He said, when I heard that, I said, okay, I can come here and test that. Because you can test it. And that's what makes this quantified uh, relationship with the creator of the universe. He doesn't say, believe in me. He doesn't say, uh, what's the word for it? Have an experience with me. He says, know that I am God. And Baruch Hashem, we can all know God. May you go from strength to strength. May Shem guide you and lead you during these weeks, and um, um, I just hope and pray that uh, our days are enlightened with more Torah. Uh, in conclusion, here I have a couple announcements, some admin announcements to make. Uh, first of all, for you guys that are online, there is a weekly Chumash study uh, on uh, on a teleconference every Sunday at from ten thirty to eleven thirty. And they're really wanting to, to grow it. They have about four people that attend it. It's run by the Natif community in Calgary and the one in North Dallas. And so they want people to you know call. There's an access number on the front, uh, an access code. You dial it in and you come to a, a group call. And it's a discussion. They have everybody has their chumash open, and it's not necessarily a lecture, but you know they read the text and they have discussions on it and the study of rashi. But the next is we're starting for those people who are are, are virtual, uh, what we consider virtual members, people that support Nativ, uh, that don't come here because they you know they live in other parts of the country or the world. Uh, we're starting to think what we call a donation partnership, meaning that uh, we're going to raise up the anti Uh, provide them with uh, a certificate of of partnership and membership in our community and um, and also uh, sending them um, you know tokens of appreciation CDs books etc etc and we'll be announcing it Uh, I don't think that we have the exact amount but basically for a minimal amount you become a virtual member of our community and uh, we also send you uh, what they call lanyap, the extra things that you get to study will help. Uh, Rabbi Dror uh, gave us a huge box of material that we'll be using to to send out along with CDs and then on top of that I was contacted last week by Ra, uh, by Chaim Mizraki who said, hey there's a there is a um a chaplain in Illinois I think that has a, a, a Idaho that has a, a several prisoners that have been watching Rob Dror's lectures and they said it's changed their life and he's seen the change in their life so he asked is there any material and so we have this huge case of material we're getting ready to ship half of it out uh, to to do that we're also going to start a newsletter a monthly newsletter if you haven't submitted your email uh, address uh, make sure that you go online and just fill out the contact form, put your email, or, or give it t- directly to uh, Shimon. Uh, we'll have a place for you to sign up online later on. And also, the young adults will be meeting uh, Wednesday or Sunday? Both. Okay. Sunday or Wednesday. No. Okay. And they'll be meeting the site. Okay. Okay. So, the young adults and all of us old people have to stay out. So, uh, anything else? Did we miss anything?